Are you quick-tempered, easily get very angry, and is it difficult to manage? You've tuned in to Search for Truth with your Bible teacher, Brian Johnston, and it's here you'll find some help from God's Word, the Bible. Uncontrolled anger can be very destructive, but sometimes it's right to be angry, for example about injustice and evil in our world. So, how should we handle it? The Bible can give us advice and answers, and we'll be looking into Ephesians chapter 4 and then other scriptures to discover what help the Bible has to offer. So, let's go to Brian now, and Brian, tell us about anger. Well, John, bearing in mind what you've just said, I'm reminded of a lady who once came to a preacher and tried to rationalise her angry outbursts. There's nothing wrong with losing my temper, she said. I blow up and then it's all over. So does a shotgun, the preacher replied. And look at the damage it leaves behind. Anger like that can hardly exist without sin also being present. Former US President Abraham Lincoln had his own preferred anger management technique, which he demonstrated when his Secretary of War, Edwin Stanton, complained to him about another army officer. Lincoln advised him to write the man a letter expressing his anger. Stanton did so and showed the letter to Lincoln. After approving the letter, the President asked Stanton what he planned to do with it. Why, send it, he answered with surprise. But Lincoln told him to burn the letter. That's what I do when I've written a letter while I'm angry. It's a good letter. You feel better. Now burn it and write another. Lobsters replace their shells in order to grow, increasing their size by about 20% every time they do this. Growth, that's physical growth for the lobster, would be impossible if it somehow refused to discard its old shell. Neither will we be able to grow spiritually if we fail to lay aside the behaviours and attitudes which were once typical of our old, our previous self. This is the immensely practical teaching which the Apostle Paul repeats in Ephesians chapter 4 from verse 22. He says that in reference to your former manner of life, you lay aside the old self, which is being corrupted in accordance with the lusts of deceit, and that you be renewed in the spirit of your mind and put on the new self, which in the likeness of God has been created in righteousness and holiness of the truth. Be angry and yet do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and do not give the devil an opportunity. Anger management is one area of our lives highlighted in Paul's list here. We've not included the others as we want to focus for now on just this one. But the point is, anger is something that we must concentrate on if we're going to evidence personal spiritual growth. In keeping with the fact that Paul has mentioned the laying aside of the old self before the putting on of the new self, we can see how, in this example of anger management, Paul first gives a negative command before he then gives a positive command and then finally he tells us the reason behind it. In other words, he tells us to stop doing something, followed by telling us what we should be doing instead, and then explains the reason for commanding this difference. That pattern, as it works itself out in practice, reflects the reality that our former self is to be put off or away before our new existing self is put on, the old or negative dealt with before the new and positive. 
Let's see how it's meant to work out in practice. Verse 26 again. Be angry, and yet do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger, and do not give the devil an opportunity. Notice that first negative command, which is about not becoming sinfully angry. It's carefully worded because, as we can see, not all anger is sinful. The Bible's first recorded instance of anger, however, definitely was a case of sinful anger. We read the details from Genesis chapter 4. Now the man, that's Adam, had relations with his wife Eve and she conceived and gave birth to Cain. And she said, I've gotten a man-child with the help of the Lord. Again, she gave birth to his brother Abel. And Abel was a keeper of flocks, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. So it came about in the course of time that Cain brought an offering to the Lord of the fruit of the ground. Abel, on his part, also brought of the firstlings of the flock and of their fat portions. And the Lord had regard for Abel and for his offering. But as for Cain and for his offering, he had no regard. So Cain became very angry and his countenance fell. Then the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry and why has your countenance fallen? I would say that this gives us an excellent approach towards diffusing our anger. Some self-analysis is called for. We ask ourselves, why am I angry? Am I outraged on behalf of others who are clearly being mistreated? Or is there a much more self-centred explanation about me not getting my own way, for example? It could even be in a spiritual matter that our selfishness exposes itself as happened with the Old Testament prophet Jonah. In the fourth chapter of the Bible book bearing his name, we read, but it greatly displeased Jonah, and he became angry. This was when the city, whose destruction he'd warned about, turned to God and repented. Jonah prayed to the Lord and said, Please, Lord, was not this what I said while I was still in my own country? Therefore, in order to forestall this, I fled to Tarshish, For I knew that you are gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger and abundant in loving kindness, and one who relents concerning calamity. Therefore now, O Lord, please take my life from me, for death is better to me than life. The Lord said, Do you have good reason to be angry? He didn't. But unlike Jonah, the Lord the Lord Jesus, who was the greatest prophet of all, did well to be angry on numerous occasions. Yes, there was anger in the life of the Lord Jesus, but it was never sinful. Let's now take a look at how Bible teacher Jim Packer has catalogued them. Jesus went into the synagogue on the Sabbath and saw a man with a crippled hand. He knew that the Pharisees were watching to see what he would do, and he felt angry that they were only out to put him in the wrong. They didn't care a scrap for the handicapped man, nor did they want to see the power and love of God brought to bear on him. There were other instances when Jesus showed anger or sternness. He sternly charged the leper whom he had healed not to tell anyone about it because he foresaw the problems of being pursued by a huge crowd of thoughtless people who were interested only in seeing miracles and not in his teaching. Jesus showed anger again when the disciples tried to send away the mothers and their children. 
Jesus was indignant and distressed at the way the disciples were thwarting his loving purposes and giving the impression that he didn't have time for ordinary people and even young people. He showed anger once more when he drove out those who sold and those who bought in the temple. God's house of prayer was being made into a den of thieves and God was not being glorified, hence Jesus' angry words and deeds. At Lazarus' grave, Jesus showed not just sympathy and deep distress for the mourners, but also a sense of angry outrage at the monstrosity of death in God's world. This is the meaning of deeply moved in John 11 and verse 38. But we are often very different when it comes to anger. We tend to get angry at the wrong things, unlike Jesus, who always got angry at the right things. That's why Paul commands us not to be sinfully angry. When it comes to human anger, it's almost always a good idea to think twice, count to ten, take a walk or do whatever it takes to consider and reconsider our response. That, in effect, was Abraham Lincoln's advice to his war secretary, wasn't it? But God never needs to reconsider or repent for his anger because God is holy and perfect. His anger is also holy and perfect. Divine wrath is real, but it's never petty. It's never vengeful, never haphazard or cruel, traits which so often characterise our expressions of anger. Jesus, as we've seen, displayed the righteous anger of God on several occasions, but not to avenge a personal wrong and never to justify himself. In contrast... Here's an example of uncontrolled anger. One morning, Ralph woke up at five o'clock to a noise that sounded like someone repairing boilers on his roof. Still in his pyjamas, he went into the backyard to investigate. He found a woodpecker on the TV antenna, pounding its little brains out on the metal pole. Angry at the little creature who had ruined his sleep, Ralph picked up a rock and threw it. The rock sailed over the house and he heard a distant crash as it hit his car. In utter disgust, Ralph took a vicious kick at a clod of dirt, only to remember, too late, that he was still in his bare feet. Uncontrolled anger, as Ralph learned, can sometimes be its own reward. Let's finish with Paul's positive follow-up command. That was where he told us not to let the sun go down on our anger. In other words, sort things out quickly, before they escalate, and certainly before any bitterness sets in. And finally, the reason given by Paul why we should act quickly, do you remember it from our reading? It's to prevent the devil from gaining an opportunity. For, as our accuser, he'd simply be delighted at the opportunity for reproaching us in this. He'd come back later and tell us, you're no good, God can't use you, you can't control yourself. Don't listen to the devil. Better still, don't even give him the opportunity. Settle any dispute in real quick time.
As usual, I'd like to remind you that it'd be useful to have the transcripts book of these 12 talks. You can do this yourself by downloading a copy from www.churchesofgod.info forward slash media. And then you could print your own copy if you want to. Now, if you're not able to do that and need to request a book, then just write in to us and ask for Going the Distance. You can use email or the post, and here's our address. Search for Truth, Hayes Press, The Barn, Flaxlands, Royal Wootton Bassett, Swindon, SN4 8DY UK. Our email address is sft at churchesofgod.info. Now, you might also be interested to know that most titles of Search for Truth transcript books have been turned into ebooks and are available at Amazon. If you go to amazon.co.uk forward slash Kindle hyphen ebooks, and when you're in the Kindle store, type Search for Truth Brian Johnston, and then you'll find them. Many can also be ordered as a conventional print book from Amazon Bookstore or from uh, our own bookstore at www.hayspress.org and uh, there you use uh, Explore Our Shop. So many thanks for your company today. I hope you found today's talk uh, helpful and interesting. And next week, Brian will be considering advice from the Bible on how to deal with pride. Again, the Bible gives a very positive and helpful advice. And so I hope you'll join me next time and I look forward to you being with us. But till then, it's goodbye and very best wishes from our Bible teacher, Brian, our producer, David, our singers and me, John. So goodbye and see you again soon and may God richly bless you. Amen.